0: Hi I'm Caroline, a yoga teacher with a special interest in menopause based in Edinburgh. And
1: hi I'm Dr
0: Claire, a GP with a special interest in menopause based in North London. Together we are the Menopause Sisters and we are here to guide and support you through your menopause journey. So we're really excited to have Noelle Harrison with us today. Um, I met Noelle on a yoga course and she is an Irish author who's been writing novels and plays for nearly 30 years and she's written 12 novels, five Five plays, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Welcome, Noelle. Thank you so much. Very glad to be here. Noelle is a journaling expert as well as a novelist. And I think maybe we should just begin, Noelle, with explaining what journaling is, because actually many people just or maybe haven't come across it or experienced it in any form.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite a big thing now, journaling. It's become very, very popular as a means of I think self-care actually is the the strongest way to describe it a kind of tool for self-care. But um, I mean, I've always journaled. You could say I always kept a diary when I was younger. And then when I used to travel, I would always journal about my experiences. And actually I would infuse a lot of my journaling reflections and experiences in my novels. So it's great fodder as a novelist. But in terms of what journaling is and how it can help you, it's really about meeting your mind um, is the best way, or dropping into the present moment. I like to describe my journal as a room of my own. So I think it can be a really useful tool for those of us who maybe have very busy lives with lots of people making demands on us that we want, demands we might want, but your journal is time for you, time and space for you. And it's just a place where you can write whatever you want, express any feelings or emotions or process things going on in your life um, because it's your private space where no one's supposed to read your journal apart from you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it doesn't have to take the form of, of a sort of maybe described as a classic diary. Sort of I'm thinking back to teenage years when I, you know, kept a diary. It was almost of a, a list of what I'd done, you know, who I'd been where with, which boy I'd snogged, you know, that that kind of scenario. It can take really quite a lot of different forms, can't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I would um, suggest if you've never journaled before, it can help to kind of start that way with the lists and, what's happening and then just see how it changes. Um, And you don't have to journal every day and you don't have to write to journal. Um, You can sketch, you can do pictures, you can do collage, you can voice record. Journaling can actually take many different forms. As I said before, it's kind of like creating um, a space for yourself to express and kind of heal yourself whichever way you wish or become more aware of things in your life so sometimes that can take the form of um free writing of just like you know letting it all out of kind of word vomit on the page or word purge (laughs) Um, or else it can take the form of actually a more structured uh, Wave journaling maybe playing with individual words or images um, and just seeing how that makes you feel so it can take any form you want really.
0: And we were just talking about um, news resolutions Claire weren't we and, and intention setting and actually it's just reminded of we we did a workshop together actually this sort of this time last year didn't we Noelle the kind of intention setting and how would you how, I mean, how would you go about journaling for an intentional with an intentional to sort of think about what your intention might be we were talking about intentions rather than news resolutions because it just gives you that permission to veer off path a little bit more
2: yes yeah, so i don't i don't really like the concept of new years resolutions because they they always sound a bit judgmental don't they it's like a judgment on yourself whereas intention setting is very very different and I think um yeah I think intention setting is connected into actually thinking about purpose which can sound quite a heavy con concept but really what purpose is is actually being confident in what brings you joy in your life being confident about what you love, what you're passionate about, and exploring that, which you can do in a journal. And as you explore this, asking yourself the question, well, why, why, why? And that brings you that sense of purpose, and that brings you the intentions you might want to set. I I think there's nothing better than that feeling of being, feeling that you really kind of are in your authentic self, which I know it sounds a little bit... (laughs) I hope that doesn't sound uh, pretentious but it's quite simple really it's just working out what you love and a way of doing that in your life and there should be a way for everyone to do what they love.
1: Yeah and I think it's it's it sounds like a really lovely concept to be able to kind of write down the things that bring you joy or at least try and work that out within a journal. However whatever your means are, because I guess also what it means is that you, by default, then perhaps uncover what you don't like. And I guess that's absolutely. equally as important, isn't it? To have that almost yin and yang, just sort of, what am, what am I getting joy at? But particularly, what am I not getting joy at? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, a really great way of working that out, you mm-hmm. know? And the other thing, other, other thing I find very helpful with intention setting, um, because, I love making goals for myself, things I want to achieve, Uh, but I always ask myself, I kind of ask myself, well, this particular achievement, how, you know, what is the feeling I want to attach to that? Mm. And so if you work on how you want to feel, let's say you want to feel a sense of community or you want to feel connected to your, you could say your goddess energy or your power as as a woman or as a man or whatever, you know, you want to feel that rootedness maybe, or you want to feel secure and supported, or you want to feel free and liberated. So we all want different feelings in our lives. And this can help us work out our intentions as well and our goals.
0: It's interesting you were just talking there about, Claire, about you know what, what we don't want in our lives and what doesn't bring us happiness because actually often women do reach perimenopause and menopause in kind of midlife not always but often and at that point there can be a sense sometimes of a loss of self um, you know mm-hmm. as things begin to change sometimes they've been busy with a career or family or elderly parents whatever is in their life at the time and so there's that sense of maybe not making time for themselves um, and actually it's almost like an opportunity as you said noelle to find a room for you know you own room your own space but also to rediscover yourself and perhaps what you would like to rediscover
2: or explore absolutely i think i mean journaling is important whoever you are at any time of your life but i think it is incredibly powerful if you're experiencing perimenopause menopause and postmenopause at any of those stages it's such a powerful tool to help you get through that process it can't be underestimated because there's so many things going on um and many different experiences for different women going through these transitions. For some, they might suddenly find themselves in a life they don't really want to be in, um, but they don't really know how to get out of that edifice they've created. Um, it's extremely frighten- frightening. And so journaling can help you little step by step, maybe find a pathway through. For others, it's more about re- working out how to readjust relationships how to process the fact that people aren't responding to you in the same way. And it really is quite shocking, actually, how you can suddenly become quite invisible in middle age. Just like, um, and, and, and it's as we're talking about writing and journaling, if you look at novels and books and stories and films, there's very, very few, With um, women in their middle age as the protagonists, and if they are, they're usually a baddie or like a witchy character, or else they're kind of dowdy or a jokey character. Uh, I I just I don't know. I'm thinking of the recent James Bond film. But (laughs) when I went to see the recent James Bond film with my son in the cinema, and we were like. You know, we enjoyed it, but I, I came out and I said, "Would well, you know what? I'm really sad that there were so many great characters in that film. And there was older men, there was middle aged men, there was young men, there was beautiful young women. There wasn't there wasn't one middle aged woman in it. Yeah. Why not? Like most of the people going to see that film is probably middle aged woman. You know, and it's the same with novels. Mm. You know, it's just we forget about the the middle aged woman's story. Mm. Uh, she's very much missing culturally. Uh, so. You know, I'm talking about the process of journaling. It's about uh, this impacts us on a very subliminal level. We don't see ourselves. We don't see ourselves in in in, in media, and and so this makes us feel we should we kind of should hide our light. And actually, on the other side. I feel for a lot of us, and particularly as you get through menopause and come to post-menopause, because I'm in mean post-menopause, you actually get to a stage where you go, "Well, no, actually, you will listen to me," you know, kind of thing, and and so you you kind of begin to not give a shit, mm-hmm. and, and of course, I mean, if you if you look at the history of which trials, I know I'm going off tangent here, but if you look at the history of which trials in Scotland in particular, most of those executed were were post, uh, you know, post-childbearing years women because they. They were mouthy or difficult
0: or we find our inner strength don't we we come out the other side yes. and we find our inner strength or our inner voice often as well and it's interesting yeah. what you're saying about just the bond movie and generally being invisible you know women of midlife being invisible because actually as you say they're invisible whether it's a film whether it's media whether it's presenters whether it's authors whatever it might be and actually if you can't see yourself reflected um outside of your own world it can be really difficult if you're not very happy or if you're you know in a challenging relationship or you're in a challenging time in your life to find I guess inspiration or a positive role model to be able to go actually that's what I would like to be doing or that's who I would like to be you know all of those things so as you say you know that reflective journaling is a is an opportunity to to maybe dive a little bit deeper
2: for when you are ready or, t- or take that totally. journey yeah. to reclaim your voice yeah
1: yeah I think too often you know I think perimenopausally when things suddenly change so drastically and you can have such severe symptoms of anxiety and brain fog and and particularly loss of con- con- um, confidence you know those those psychological symptoms which you know you can go from being super confident and at the top of your game to just not knowing what you're looking at on a computer screen you know and that loss of confidence if it's not recognized obviously you you can allow yourself to disappear a little bit you can allow yourself to give up you can allow yourself to change career tack you can you know many women stop driving because they're scared of motorways and things so you know the impact on mental health is significant so I guess from a, a GP point of view actually if you can document whatever it is your emotions your feelings your intentions actually I think that that can be really beneficial because you don't necessarily need to share that with anyone you're sharing it with yourself but you're recognizing it and I think recognizing those emotions is is so important perimenopausally because actually if you can then look at it and go actually what is going on this is not how I used to be, what's changing, how can I make this better?
2: I think it can be, I think that can be a really useful journey to go on. And I think also in any stage of of a woman's life, she's kind of fitting in the patriarchal constructs. I mean, we've had, you know, the, the, the way that mothers have been treated in the past in the workplace. I mean, things are changing, but very slowly. But it's kind of like, you know, now we're looking at, how women with menopause are treated in the, in the very patriarchal patriarchal constructs of society. And so when you journal, there's something you can tap into there that is the power of the feminine. And I'm not talking about man, woman. I'm talking about feminine energy that men can have as well, you know, that whatever gender you are. And it's about this creative, nurturing energy that you can tap into when you journal that you can enjoy that pleasure of creativity on the pages of your journal, the freedom that this isn't to do with an assignment or has to make sense or has to fit into any box. This can just be whatever you want it to be, you know? You know, I just love that idea of, you know, because all too often
1: as a medic, you're very kind of, you know, it's straight, less so these days, but it's got to be straight down the line. It's this way or it's, and it's no other way. You can't kind of vary from, from, from that, perpendicular line because it's just that's what it is but to not have you know there's not a there's not a way to do it there's not a right way there's not a wrong way it's just what comes into your head at the time what what you're thinking what you're feeling is a really lovely conceptual way I think to think about journaling because it's a very new idea to me and I love the the fact that it can be writing or it can be drawing or sketching or it can be imagery or just collage I think that's you know using for some for some of us you know using our hands just making something can is 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 just
2: Absolutely. powerful isn't it as, as writing. Yeah, no, the creative energy. And I often because writing is my job, mm. when I journal I often draw pictures. Okay. Uh, because that's it. my free expression. Mm. Whereas I tend to when I'm writing, I do tend to start creating characters and storylines. I like, stop, stop, journal. Like <laughs> <laughs> so um for me, I do enjoy making pictures. Mm. Um, and that's why it can be anything. I do a class called, um, right from the heart on Saturday mornings. And I guess it's a creative practice, but basically you can do whatever you want. So it kind of begins with a guided meditation and breath work. And then people do whatever they want. They can journal or some people paint, or I had uh, one girl came one week and she made a skirt in 45 minutes. Like you can do whatever you want. That's your journal process. That's your creative outlet process and a lot of people think they're not creative we well, here's the, the, you know, here's the great secret. We are all creative, like um, all of us.
0: And I had a really interesting conversation. Again, this is going to be slightly off tangent, but I had an interesting conversation, conversation with an art teacher at secondary school. And I was explaining how, you know, the, the online booking system for parent teacher consultations was quite complicated for my oldest son. And I'd gone online and I'd had a look at who was still available to book in. It was one of those systems where if you weren't there on the second, you know, you, you lost lots of slots. And it was absolutely fascinating because all the maths, the science, the geography, history had gone. Loads of space to book and to see the art teacher, to book and to see the home economics teacher, the CDT teacher. But those were the people that I wanted to see because I thought for me, that's obviously I'm from a creative side, a creative background. You need a creative thinker for the world to go around. Mm-hmm. So I'd had this amazing conversation with a, with a, an art teacher that I, I um, bumped into recently and I was explaining this story and she said, yes, this is, this is the biggest kind of disbelief or misunderstanding that actually we all have creativity in us and actually it's trying to tap into that because everything needs creativity you know from businesses to art schools it's not just about art and graphic design and all the kind of classic subjects that you might then think of as creative and and it was it was a fascinating combination we you know conversation we're tapping into our creativity will help us in our everyday li- lives and in our careers if that's where we're at
2: absolutely it's about resourcefulness you know and imagination and that can be applied to whatever your chosen path is in life. And yeah, I think it's really sad the way the sciences and the arts are split up Mm -hmm. in schools and you're kind of pushed along one path. So the way I work with um, to help people to kind of tap into journaling is through pranayama and visualized meditation. And I also use mudras or hand yoga. And the reason I use all these tools is to really help people kind of drop into that present moment to open themselves up to their imaginations. And so when I guide people through these meditation journeys, people go to different places and it was a particularly powerful nurturing tool during lockdown because we couldn't go anywhere. But uh, in the meditations, you could go places, you could go into nature wherever. I Sometimes it's more guided, sometimes it's more open, but I would usually take people somewhere in nature um, with a particular theme. So for instance, this theme, we're actually working with purpose. And uh, from that point, then depending on the practice, I might offer some journaling prompts, which uh, people can choose to use or not or we might go into free writing which is when you just let it flow. A journal is something I have done and sort of have done off and on for years
0: stemming from my kind of teenage diaries but I'm I'm not probably it's not somebody I think I do every day but I've really really enjoyed working Noelle, with Noelle and, and doing workshops with you and being guided by you Noelle and you've mentioned the free writing and we've talked about reflecting reflective journaling and we've obviously spoken about sort of affirmations and intention setting Some Something that I've experienced with you is this kind of scripting, which I really, really enjoyed.
2: And I wondered if you could tell us a little bit more about how that works, scripting journaling. Yeah, that's, I love scripting. So I came across this um, a while ago and it's quite a popular form of journaling. I don't know who actually, it's, I didn't invent it, so I don't know who invented it, Um, but I absolutely love it. So it's a, I guess it's a manifestation technique. So it's about putting yourself in a really space where you feel abundant, where you feel affirmed in your intentions. And it's quite a simple idea. But the reason I love it so much is it kind of brings in a little bit of storytelling. So what scripting is, is basically um, you begin writing the story of your life where your dream or your goal has come true. Um, But you don't just write uh, this day, this happened to me. You write in great detail from the moment you wake up of this life where your dream has happened and you describe absolutely everything. So let's say you're waking up. Well, where are you waking up? What are you wearing? What's your dressing gown like? Um, What are you eating for breakfast? Um, What does your room look like? Where do you live? Every little detail. And so as you write this scripting, you find yourself bringing in things in your life now actually that are very, things that are very easy to attain. And so it makes you feel much closer maybe to this, big dream that is unattainable. And it really does work. I used it a lot last year because I really wanted to get a book deal for my book, And I did get a book deal, but I did a lot of scripting about that happening uh, before it actually happened. So it puts you in that vibration. It's a little bit like the law of attraction, I guess. And if it is the right thing for you, I'm not saying you can magic things up, but if it is the right thing for you and you realize actually things are not as unattainable as you might think. And it's great fun. You're writing a little story about yourself. And sometimes I don't write in the first person. Sometimes I write address myself in the second person as you or sometimes I might write about myself in the third person and that makes it a very interesting experience as well Mm. so yeah it's fun I think it really manifests that self-belief and that confidence, that absolute
0: belief that being in that moment and whether that's, you know, just that kind of mindful process of writing or drawing it, or actually that sort of almost physical feeling of being in it, I think is incredibly powerful.
2: Um, it is. It really is. You can kind of taste it, can't you? Yeah. It feels like you're making a little bit of magic. And and I mean, we could all do a little bit of magic. <laughs> Yeah, it just
0: it feels almost a little bit like a sort of imaginary world, but just brings that sense of joy and absolute belief that it it's like you say you can touch it, you know, you can almost yeah. feel it.
2: And it would I would say as well, um, as someone who's in postmenopause now and gone through the whole process of peripenopause and menopause, that my journaling has kind of become a stronger and stronger practice and I get so much joy from it now at, at this stage of the it, like it really helps build your confidence and surety in yourself you know so it's it's Yeah, it's so beneficial for your mental health.
0: And as as we were saying earlier, you know, just through perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause, it can be wonderful for many women and it can be a really creative process and really, you know, really help that creative process Mm -hmm. by journaling. But at the same time, if there's that sense of overwhelm or anxiety creeping in or just not being very sure, those psychological symptoms, it can really, really help to process those as well.
2: Totally. I mean, you don't, if you do a word purge, it doesn't have to make sense. You can just have a rant on that page you need to have a rant absolutely and also
1: I think you know Caroline and I often talk don't we about the perimenopause and menopause being a positive experience or trying to make it as positive as possible and so you know incorporating that kind of positive aspect into journaling as well as as well as perhaps you know if there's if there are there might well be quite significant symptoms it doesn't always have to be kind of this word purge or rant it can be very a very positive i guess word purge or rant can't it it can absolutely be
2: a polar opposite of that i mean even like just if you're like feeling really low just thinking of one affirmation let's mm-hmm. say i am enough just writing that down in your journal i am enough because yeah. and just even if you can't think of something just write it again i am enough because i am enough because and eventually the words will start coming Words will start tumbling out. Yes, because, just something simple like that. And the other thing I would say as well, because I know, I mean, personally, I remember, um, and it doesn't happen to me anymore, but one of my symptoms of menopause was I would wake up at 5 a.m., heart racing, filled with anxiety, (laughs) I didn't really know why, couldn't go back to sleep, get the journal, write in your journal, you know, and it doesn't really matter what you write, but you might find yourself... Actually enjoying the journaling early in the morning, maybe listening to the birds singing, writing about the light as it comes into your bedroom, just simple little things. And you've created something beautiful on your page. You've maybe written one beautiful word or an image or drawn something, you know, and rather than tossing into it and going, oh, I can't see, creating something out of that space so many
0: women would perhaps grab a phone or get up and make a cup of tea and actually using using that symptom of often so many women do get you know wake up at four or five in the morning can't go back to sleep and just using that time quietly can be incredibly creative productive and actually that little bit of self-care
1: to start your day I love, I love that idea because I talk to so many women about insomnia or, or kind of waking up periodically through the night in the perimenopause. And so many women just toss and turn and lie awake and some of them get up and they, like you say, Carolyn, they make themselves a cup of tea. But actually what you're doing is you're activating you know your cortisol you're activating all those stress hormones which keep you up more so actually taking away the phone taking away the light taking away the caffeine and just simply writing or simply Mm. drawing can activate those serotonin nerve responses and calm you and it might be that you're angry or upset but actually that's probably a far more useful use yeah
2: you're released you can release it on the page and then you know and even then Maybe even reading through what you've written a little bit or that might make you sleepy too, yeah. uh, you it's know. Closing the journal, you know, like yeah. that physicality of closing something yeah.
1: it down and going, right, well, it's there. Whatever's there I can deal with in the morning or whatever's there I can sort of come back to and revisit and then maybe rework. It's almost sort of sort of you know, documenting it and acknowledging it. I'm having a terrible night's sleep. This is crap. Yeah. Whatever it is and going, right. Well, I've acknowledged it, which I think is so important rather than just going, oh, it's just, I'm just going to brush it away for a minute and then get up and do whatever I need to do and then come back to bed and try and sleep. It's the acknowledgement, actually, as you say, acknowledging and letting go, isn't it? It's a kind of combination.
2: Absolutely. And even like doing that journaling, then putting it, as you say, aside and then closing the eyes, sitting there and just maybe doing a little breath. You know, and even if you haven't slept, the nurture of the breath, the nurture of the meditation, hopefully will make you feel a little bit less ragged as you go into the day, you know. Something um, I wanted to ask you about, Noel, was moon cycle journaling, because that's something
0: mm-hmm. I think you also lead and, and can guide. But um, it's something I haven't done before and would love to
2: hear a bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, that's I love I love that, actually, because, <laughs> I mean, some of us are more affected by the cycles of the moon than other people. But it's it's just really simple. It's kind of being aware of um you know, what's going on with the moon at different times of the month and how that's affecting you. And just because you're not having periods anymore or not having regular periods anymore, it doesn't mean you're not affected by the moon cycle. It affects everyone. So, you know, at the time of the dark moon, that's a time when you might be thinking about releasing things and setting new intentions for the new moon. Then you, you know, the dark moon is a time of stillness. And then the, as the new moon begins to wax, um, then that's about setting intentions in place and then looking at what sign the moon is in as well can affect, you know, whether it's in a fiery astrological sign or an earthy sign that can affect what kind of, Intentions you might be setting as well because the energy and it will feel different, you know. And you know, when you say to a friend, Oh, I felt this, I I didn't sleep well, I had these weird dreams, and they're like, Oh, so did I. That's, I think, connecting to moon cycles. And then you've got the full moon, which is a very potent time as well. We're all affected differently. Some of us are affected more by the full moon, some by the new moon more. But there is a great book, actually. I think the author's called uh, Kirsty Gallagher uh, Lunar Cycle. And she has lots of journaling prompts in it. Sure. There's another lovely book that I gifted to a friend for Christmas, actually, by Nikki Strange, and that moon cycle journaling. It's beautiful as well. It's got. Yeah. Lots of I know cool that. I know that one actually. That's a beautiful one gorgeous. as well. Actually, yeah. yeah.
0: We've not talked very much yet about your books as well. We've covered the different you know, styles and types of journaling and uh, your Rest and Rise platform where you can you guide people to tap into their creativity. But actually you've written quite a few novels. Um, I confess I've only read one. It was The Island Girls and I absolutely loved it. Um, but as with most of my things in my life, I sort of never quite get around to reading as much as I would like to. Have, have you got a recent book?
2: I think there's a book coming out or it's just Yes. I've had two two other books since then, actually. The last book is called The Girl Across the Sea. And then the book before that was The Boatman's Wife. So they're both published under my own name by a publisher called Bookature. And you you can get those in audio or Kindle or in print version. I love writing historical fiction but my purpose is very much about writing women's stories and not just stories of the wealthy and privileged, uh, stories of those who've really had their voices kind of hidden in the past. So my latest book, The Girl Across the Sea, um, is set in two different time periods, in the 1920s and 30s in Ireland and America, and then in Ireland in the 80s. And the story is um, focused on a young woman in the early thirties in New York, who is supposed to be traveling back to Ireland with her husband and little girl. And on the eve of the boat departing, she makes a decision to abandon her family because she just cannot go back to Ireland because there's a big dark secret that she can't reveal. Um, So that's how the story begins. And she's the grandmother of a character in the eighties in Ireland, who decides to find out what happened to her. And so we follow the journeys of both women who have gone through big challenges in their lives. So the book set in the 20s, the part of the book set in the 20s and 30s also delves into periods of history that I'm really interested in, such as the Drake Great Depression in America. She goes on a kind of road trip, this character, Ellen, across America, but also um, the Civil War in Ireland, uh, which hasn't really been written about much, which was um, a really uh, tragic, um, violent period of history in Ireland um, when literally families were torn apart, brothers against brothers. So that fascinated me. So that's those books, but I also have another book coming out next year under a different name, which is about witch trials. Which is slightly different genre. It's historical fiction, but with more magic realism sewn into it. So it's a little bit more. It's just slightly different style, and that's published under the name Anya Bergman, and will be out in January twenty twenty three, published by Bonnier Saphir. So I'm really excited about that. I'm quite excited about that one as well. Yeah, just sounds amazing. <laughs> it's set in. It's based on true events on the island of Varda in Norway. I lived in Norway for seven years and I just got really obsessed into researching witch trials at that time in Norway. So um, I spent a lot of time researching it, very passionate about the subject matter. And you've touched on how journaling
0: helps your creative writing process for your novels. And, you know, there are many people that, you know, sort of think, oh, I'd love to write a book or I'd like to tap into that side of myself with the potential to write a book. Um, And, how would you suggest or recommend people get started, whether that is a, with a book in mind or just wanting to tap into their creativity creativity again if they feel they've kind of lost touch with it?
2: Well, I mean, it's quite simple. Write, you know, um, write with no... Try not to put too much pressure on yourself. Just enjoy the process of writing. So a lot of us, when we start writing and we want to write a novel we kind of want to run before we can walk. So we put very high demands on ourselves and expect us to immediately write beautifully. And I can promise you no author, even prize winning authors, their first draft is always a bit of a mess. And I think with experience as a writer, you realize that that you have to kind of vomit out the first draft, which will be quite messy before you can actually craft it. And I think a lot of times when people start writing, they expect it's going to be perfect. And I would just say practice writing, like any skill, like any craft, like any training. So I like to compare writing to running, bizarrely. Um, so there's a wonderful book uh, by um, what I talk about when I talk about running, and it's um, Murakami, Murakami, Brilliant. Haruki Murakami. That's it. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, but he he's a uh, – as an amazing author, but also a a long distance marathon runner. So he runs like 80 kilometer marathons, but he compares the process of writing a novel to running a marathon. And he says that, you know, you need the three skills you need, a focus, endurance, and talent. So it's not just, and talent he talks about is something that you can nurture yourself. Mm -hmm. So we all have a voice, okay? We all have expression and a voice. We all have stories to tell. So um, some of us might have had experiences in the past, usually when we were children, when either teachers or parents told us we couldn't write. And we've got it in our heads that creative writing is something to do with English grammar and school writing. It's got nothing to do with it. It's a completely different discipline. Um, So we need to kind of deconstruct that to begin writing. And then if you want to write a novel, then to really, and this is where the yoga comes in, um, to really bring yourself into a place of deep focus. And that's where yoga can really help you when you move your whole body through the practice of yoga, connect to your breath. You can help yourself drop into that stillness that helps you focus as a writer. And then endurance is to make sure you get to the end of that book. So yeah, so I've kind of gone into a lot of detail there. I just would say, if you want to write, if you've got stories to tell, enjoy the process of writing. Just start writing without any preconceived idea about having to be published. Just write for the joy of it um, and then see what happens. This
0: month of January. So if you'd like to find out a little bit more about Noel, you can visit her website. It's noelleharrison.com. So at this point, we would just like to say thank you, Noel. Thanks so much. It's really Thank you so much. Been fantastic to be able to talk to you and actually just to explain a little bit more about journaling because you know Claire was saying she's new to it and I'm a little bit I've fallen fallen by the wayside a little bit with it. So it's, it's inspired me to to get my journal
2: back out. Get yourself a beautiful journal. <laughs> right. that can help.
1: that I think it's I think it's a wonderful idea and I think actually it's um it's such an easy tool isn't it? We all have this ability yeah. have this. It's, a, it's a book and a pen or a book and a pencil and you know see what happens.
2: And I do think it's different from typing on a laptop. You know that connection between the hand and the heart. I guess. Yeah, and
0: as you say, get a lovely notebook. It does help. If you're a bit, I'm a bit of a magpie, and if you have a a nice notebook or cover it, cover an old notebook even with some nice paper. Oh, Um, I love stationery. (laughs) there's definitely a a sort of that gives you a little bit of joy then that's a a great way to start as well and noelle i nearly forgot we've got one final question we like to invite our guests to answer and that is it's a it's a question or a, a part of a play the vagina monologues by eve ensler that was the that launched in the 90s and she'd asked many different women what their vaginas would wear if they got dress. I would like to pose that question to you. Um, What would your vagina be wearing?
2: Be wearing uh, a red silky kimono in... Ecological materials. <laughs> <laughs> I love that
0: detail.
1: It's
2: brilliant. Very I think when Caroline
1: first asked me this questions, so I was like, "I want to. I want my vagina to be covered in gold and dripping in in diamonds." And then everyone Ooh. else subsequently come on. I'm like, "Oh no, I quite like that idea. Quite like." <laughs> Maybe gold and a kimono now, Caroline. You yeah, reminded
2: me of Goldfinger there, the film Goldfinger, <laughs> where they're killed by being in gold paint. <laughs> That's a bit of a Bond theme already today. Yeah, yeah. Weird.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much, Noelle Harrison. You're welcome. <laughs>